and then the rest is chiseled away uh, at and so you never have enough funding being given let's say to house everyone in this country and the same to keep hunger at, at bay i mean there should not be hunger in such a wealthy country so i think just a mirror on the discretionary budget tells you everything about the whittling away the weakening of democracy that was patricia hines a retired environmental engineer and professor of environmental health She's currently a member of the board of directors of the Trap Rock Center for Peace and Justice. She was speaking with KBU contributor David Rosenberg for this KBU News In-Depth. Thanks for being with us. You're listening to KBOO Portland. Tune in to KBOO throughout February, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. for Black History Future Month, our special programming series in celebration of Black heritage. This series aims to celebrate all aspects of the Black lived experience, from contemporary, political, and social issues to understanding how history impacts our present. Again, that's Black History Future Month, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. throughout the month of February, where you will hear interviews from Black creatives, artists, activists, revolutionaries, KBU hosts, musicians, and more, here on your community radio station, KBOO Portland. Tune in to KBU on Saturday, February 17th from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. for a special live remote broadcast of Keep Alive the Dream. Keep Alive the Dream is an annual celebration of the life and legacy of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This year's event includes guest speakers and musical performances from the MLK All-Star Band, Eli Hardy, and more. Again. That's a special live broadcast of Keep Alive the Dream, Saturday, February 17th, from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m., here on your community radio station, KBOO, Portland. Hey, yo, this is Cliffing. You're listening to KBOO. Hello. Welcome to the Coalition of Black Trade Union segment of Labor Radio, celebrated here on KBOO. 90.7 FM, highlighting the works of the working class, by the working class, and for the working class, where the heart of the community comes alive seven days a week. My name is Tina Turner Morfitt. I am the current president of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists and the vice president of the Oregon ASME Retirees Chapter. I am a retired public employee after working 38 years for the Department of Corrections. During my career, I was represented by Oregon ASME. Hello, listeners. My name is Deborah Hall, and I'm the current Secretary-Treasurer of the Oregon Coalition of Black Trade Unionists. 
I'm also a retired member of American Federation of Teachers Classified Union at Portland Community College, where I was the past president. And currently, I am serving in the city of Vancouver as a civil service commissioner. Thank you and welcome to the show. Happy Black History Month. Given that we wanted to highlight it with a special tribute to Blacks in the labor movement, we are rebroadcasting a recent podcast conducted by the host of America's Workforce Radio Podcast, Ed Flash Frenzik, featuring our CB2 international president, Terry Melvin. The focus of the interview outlines the life and works of Dr. King. Brother Melvin reflects on an inevitable impression Dr. King cast upon his life and created an inner passion to achieve social and economic justice in organized labor. At the time of this interview, Dr. King would have been 95 years old. Brother Melvin intertwines his beliefs, which are strengthened through the teaching of Dr. King and his actual work with the New York State AFL-CIO and his association with CBTU International. Brother Melvin surmises that we are still in the throes of similar fights that Dr. King championed during his life. We hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. Terry Melvin, it is an honor to have you on the show today. Let's let's go back and talk about Dr. Martin Luther King. And I, I looked I looked you up here. Everything is on the on the web. You know that you were uh, just uh, seven years old when he was assassinated in 1968. I would imagine that shaped who you are today. Can we talk about that first, Terry? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it is great to be here with you again, uh, to be on on this special day of all days, Martin Luther King Day. Uh, I have uh, basically my life is enthroned around enthroned around Martin Luther King, what he stood for, uh, what he fought for. Uh, going back to my early days, understanding who Martin Luther King was when I was a child in school and hearing the stories about him. King was an icon back then, uh, dealing with issues that, sad to say, man, we're still dealing with today. Mm -hmm. um, King is somebody who I have studied and, and reviewed many of his speeches that he's given and have used many excerpts out of those speeches when I'm going around the globe uh, giving speeches today. We're still dealing with the poverty in the black community. We're still dealing with the rich versus the poor. We're still dealing with failing school systems because they're not being properly um, funded by, by government entities. Uh, we're still dealing with white supremacists. And, and back in the day, they had uh, hoods on their heads. Today, they're out because of uh, the orange man. They're out in public proudly saying who they are. So many of the same issues that King dealt with in the 50s and 60s, man, we're still dealing with today. Now, I know you spent time over the weekend in Montgomery, Alabama, and I know you've been to these conferences before. This one was a little bit different. Well, I should say a lot different because, and we talked to Fred Redmond. I know you know Fred really well. Fred, the Secretary of Treasury, the AFL-CIO. He pretty oh, yeah. much put it bluntly, democracy is on the ballot this year. Can you, uh, can you reference that for our listeners, Terry? 
I can absolutely, man. The, democracy, when we look at what is going on in our country today, um, when the previous president, 45, and I don't like to mention his name uh, because I don't want to give him any airtime at any time, when, when he was in office for four years, it set this country back at least two decades. Uh, and what we have on the line is he has said that if he becomes president, he's going to change us from a democracy to a dictatorship. He's going to take powers that never was given to the president uh, before in this country and just do what he wants to do with them. He's going to make himself more richer, as we found out, while he was in office, while he claimed he was trying to take care of other people. We are finding out now by uh, studies that was done and research that was done that he put millions of dollars in his pockets from foreign governments. Now, look, man, they didn't give him that money just because he was a nice guy, because he wasn't. They gave him that money because they were buying something from him. We just haven't figured out what he was selling. Uh, and, and if he comes in back into office, uh, we're going to be in a predicament where we're going to lose everything that we have gained in back in the last three years under the Biden-Harris administration, which, let me say, this has been the most uh, pro-labor administration that we have ever had in my lifetime, and I would dare say in the 200 plus years of this country. Additionally, this president and this administration has done more for the black community, more for the black community than any other sitting president in, in these United States of America. So when we say that democracy is on the line, on the ballot, it is definitely on the ballot. Do we want to have a society where the, 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 the citizens determine who's going to represent them in power, or do we want to turn this country into a mere dictatorship, which is what is seriously on the ballot this November? Terry, I, I hear what you're saying about Biden, but I, I wonder why that's not connecting with workers and more importantly voters and i'm talking union members too because there's a lot of union members that are that are not on biden's side they're on number 45 side i'm i'd like to know your take on that what what's your explanation for what's going on well well let me say there's there's two there's two issues here one is that we uh, in the progressive movement have not really gotten out into our community, nor has those uh, politicians that have been helping Biden and passing these, uh, the legislation, uh, the progressive legislation, have gotten back into their communities and, and, and touted the things that they have done. I mean, black unemployment is at the lowest level ever in this country's history. Mm -hmm. Ever, we have never had a president say, I'm, "I've got a, a two trillion dollar infrastructure plan, and forty percent of it must go to minorities." We've never had that done, but that is what's out there, and this is what he's doing. He is fighting tooth and nail to give relief for uh, student uh, loans that uh, many of our black and brown children have, and they're they're coming out of college with a. Uh, a mortgage, which they call a student loan, which n will never let them catch up to the other children that are coming out of college without any bills. Uh, 
So he is trying to deal with these things. So that's the first part about it. I mean, he we have not really got the message out to our uh, community, which is something that we are going to be earnestly working at over the next eight, nine months uh, to get the message out of the work that has been done. The second part is, look, we've got somewhere between 25 and 30 percent of union members that are staunch Republicans, staunch conservatives. And mm-hmm. no matter what we do, they are going to vote against their own interests. Very active, believe in the union movement, but will vote against their very interests because of the R behind their political name. And, 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 and there's the, that group of people, that 25, 30%, we are never going to change. We are never going to change. So we, it, it's about messaging and it's about understanding who you can get to go in the right direction and work with those individuals. And that 25 or 30%, you listen to them so you understand where they're coming from. But let me tell you, you have to accept that there's some people that's just not gonna see things your way. I hear you. So for the for the ones you can convince, can you be specific on on how you're going to get that messaging out? And I bring this question up and, you know, the media landscape today, especially with social media uh, broadcasting is diluted. It's nowhere near what it used to be with TV and radio. There's a lot of disinformation out there. How do you how do you think you're going to approach this, Terry, going into uh, November? Well, you know, we have uh, consistently, we are consistently stressing the urgency of preparing now today to win in November to protect the democratic freedoms our ancestors sacrificed their lives for. We we refuse to bow to the permissive climate of repression stroked by white supremacy from photo suppression to political violence to book banning to outright corruption. You know, uh, no drive-by outreach in the final weeks before the election, no expensive polls to find out white swing voters ain't on the fence anymore. This is what we're doing now. We are instigating right now, working right now with our chapters around the United States. We are assessing and making the clear connection between the White House, the, uh, the, the uh, Senate, the House of Representatives, the towns, the villages, and the state houses. It's not just the top, but it is all the way down the ballot that we have to get people involved in understanding. So we are analyzing what issues are happening on the ground level right now. We are talking with our chapters about what things in their community that are going on so we can now then make the connection between what's happening on Main Street and what's happening in Washington, D.C. and how they connect with each other. And also start the education process now of what is different today than it was when the Biden-Harris administration went into office. Where have we come from at that time to where we are now? And then also drawing the comparison between what could have happened that did not happen. 
the trajectory of where our country was going at the end of 45's term uh, was on a downhill spiral. And we've got to make people understand that there was a pause put in place with the Biden-Harris administration and there was some upward mobility. But if if 45 gets back into office, it's going to be a downward spiral again. So we're right now, our first quarter, we're assessing and planning. Starting in the second quarter, starting April 1, it is boots on the ground all across this country in every neighborhood where we have chapters that are gonna be going out to educate, motivate, and and get folks ready for the election that is coming up. And I want you to know, we're not looking at this as just November, 2024. We are building a strong infrastructure within all of these communities that when this election is over, we are going to continue to hold those same politicians that we get elected accountable and meet with them on a regular basis to make sure they are doing what they committed to do when we supported them in elections. Boy, do I love talking to this guy. Terry Melvin joining us on our live line today. He's president of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists. Do check out their national website, cbtu.org. One thing that Terry is going to talk about in the next segment is the largest gathering of black workers in the United States, and it's going to take place in Houston this May. You know, uh, before we talk about that convention coming up this May in Houston, just kind of a recap the the coalition and uh, how last year was and what you see for this year terry as you know last year was an interesting year for labor it was a great year for labor there's a lot of union brothers and sisters that walked away with some pretty nice raises double digit increases i might add you got the teamsters the uaw you got my union sag after the writers guild healthcare workers out west um, what about what about your group over there, the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists? How are we faring right now, brother? Well, uh, look, we are doing uh, excellent. Uh, as you know, the, the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists is black unionists from all the different unions. So all the unions that you mentioned are under the umbrella of the CBTU. And, and we, uh, we work with all of them as they were going through those struggles that are going on uh, with the contract uh, fights that was going on. We were out there supporting and working with them, giving us uh, whatever help that we could give uh, to their battle, uh, speaking at their uh, events that they were having, making sure that they had the support uh, within our community, uh, our full community because we don't have the luxury as a coalition of black trade unionists to just be looking at one part of the union movement. We have to look at the collective movement, the public sector, the private sector, the building trades, the service sector, the healthcare sector, the education sector. We have members in all of those sectors and we stand with them as they go through their fights uh, with management uh, throughout the year. And yes, we did have a banner year. It was a tough year for workers, but it was the end result was workers stood up for their rights and they were uh, given what they were due uh, in last year's negotiations. Each one of them held out for the best for their membership. And I believe that we had the best contract contract uh, ratification year than we've had in quite some time. Uh, one nope. uh, correction, uh, when you talked about uh, CBTU uh, and our founding, if I just could take one moment, 
to talk about why CBTU was created. Uh, in 1972, the labor movement as a whole had decided that they were not, they, they were going to stay neutral in the presidential race with Nixon and McGovern. And okay. black trade unionists were incensed at the time that how could our movement that we paid dues to to not take a position when Nixon had been so anti-black, anti-poor, anti-worker in everything that he had done. Uh, and Bill Lucy and a few others called together. There was five of them called together uh, a meeting of black unionists to come together and talk about this issue. How do we hold the movement accountable? And that is how the coalition of black trade unionists came into uh, fruition. There was a meeting called in September of 72, uh, built and the company thought that they would get about 250. There was 1800 people that showed up for this meeting. Uh, wow. They showed up, they decided that not only will we have a say uh, in who the labor movement is going to be endorsing, and particularly if it's somebody that is for or against us, uh, that we will uh, educate black workers on how to move up within their own union movement, that there would be a bridge that CBTU would make between the black community and the labor movement to educate them. Uh, and Bill Lucy, as our founding uh, father of uh, CBTU and uh, now president emeritus, he has we just celebrated just uh, a couple weeks ago his 90th birthday. He is live and well and and still has the same wit about him. I, I meet with him at least uh, on a, a, a person in person once or twice a month to just glean what I can uh, from him while he is still with us. So th that's why we were created. And we were antagonistic within the labor movement for quite some time until they understood uh, our role that we needed to be at the table and and in today's society it is more prevalent than it has ever been uh, that the constituency groups of the AFL-CIO play a, a pivotal role in all the work done by the national labor movement. I would like to remind our listeners that they are listening to the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists segment of Labor Radio highlighting the works of the working class, by the working class, and for the working class, here on KBOO 90.7 FM, where the heart of the community comes alive seven days a week. We return you to our special broadcast of a podcast featuring our CBTU International President, Reverend Terry Melvin. Thank you. Well, Bill Lucy's got to be pretty proud of you, Mr. Terry Melvin, for what you were able to accomplish and pick up the torch that that he that he lit back in uh, 1972. And it's good to know that uh, you uh, you celebrated his 90th birthday recently. Yeah. In fact, that was just last month. So, yeah, that that what a history there. And thank you. Thank you for uh, for bringing that up and sharing that with our listeners. So let's let's look forward to May here, and I'm reading about this international convention that's going to take place in Houston, Texas, for the uh, 53rd International Convention of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists. Talk to me about it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're pretty excited. There's, I'm sure there's a lot of work that's going into this, but maybe you can share what the theme is going to be about coming up in May. Go ahead. Look, we're expecting more than 1,300 trade unionists 
uh, to come from around the, the U.S., Canada, uh, and even from the mother continent of Africa to join us in this. Our theme this year is never back, always forward. Hate cannot erase us. We are coming on fire this year as we come together in May. As I said earlier, we're gonna start our outreach uh, early on in, in April to start moving our overall agenda. Uh, this year's convention will be even more important because the critical election uh, in the fall demands that we come together, plan together and to act together when we leave Houston. It's not about what we do at the convention, it's what we take away from the convention. We're gonna have workshops and town halls. We will uh, key, feature key leaders in Congress and allies from other organizations. CBTU conventions always warm the heart and feed the mind while leading to concrete action back home. I'm very excited about our convention in Houston because it will be the launching pad for the most effective, sustained, and critical get out the vote campaign in CBTU's history. We will leave Houston on fire, ready to go home, kick butt, ready to go home and get folks educated, ready to go home and get folks motivated, ready to go home and get to our barbershops, our beauty shops, our churches, our mosques, our street corners, wherever we can find people to let them know how critical this election in November will be and to get them the information they need. We The theme of never back, always forward, hate cannot and will not erase us is going to permeate when we leave Houston all the way through the November election. We cannot and will not be erased. We will take our rightful place in this country that our ancestors built on their backs for nothing, I might add. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do, I mean, we're going to be on fire at the convention. Uh, we're going to uh, set the tone that when we leave there, everybody's going to be working hard to make this uh, a successful election season. We should point out that Terry Melvin, who is the president of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists, is an ordained Baptist minister, much like Dr. Martin Luther King was. I, I feel like you're channeling him right now. I I'm getting that <laughs> feeling, Terry. <laughs> yeah, I Sometimes I feel that myself. As I said earlier, I mean, I have studied Dr. King uh, and the works that his speeches that he has given, the work that he did as a very young man. He was so impactful. That's why we have this holiday that we're celebrating today um, because of his impact, not just on the black community, but on this country as a whole. And whatever I can do to lift up the work that he started in the 50s and 60s, I am so proud to stand in his shoes. You know, there's one thing that Dr. King preached, and that is labor rights and civil rights are intertwined. It's so important that as we wrap up this discussion to get that message out there, because you think about the what what Dr. King went through, the protests, the beatings, oh my God, uh, jailed jailed in what was it birmingham and they said he was driving with the wrong license and the guy was in the back seat i mean this is what he went through it was crazy and then Absolutely. you fast forward to the johnson administration we had voting rights we had civil rights we had a lot of stuff that happened good things that happened for all americans and 
over the years, boy, it seems like that just got chipped away. So to your point, this is a really, really important year for everybody, white, black, it doesn't matter what color you are. And I like what you said, too, in some of the talking points. It's the year of democracy or the year of the devil. You're going as far as saying that, right, Terry? Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. That, and that's what this is all about. It, 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 this is a fight for for this country. It's not just a, a fight for black workers. It's not a fight for white. It is a fight for the for the whole soul of this country that we call the United States of America. It is a fight for this experiment that was started just a little over two hundred years ago called a democracy in this country. We keep tinkering with it and we keep trying to make it better. But if we don't fight with everything that we have this year, we could lose this experiment and we could go back to a dictatorship. Terry Melvin, thank you so much for joining us on the special day in American history, the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King, who would be 95 today. Boy, I I I hate to think what he would think of America right now, but uh, we'll leave that for another discussion. If he had not been assassinated, we would be in a better place today. Yeah, I would hope so. I think we all hope so. CBTU.org is a national website. You take care. Have fun at that uh, that convention. You know what? Let's let's uh, link up after that convention in Houston and talk about what you were able to accomplish there. Can we do that, Terry? Definitely. Just give me a call and let me know, and I'll be sure to get on with you. All right. You take care. Terry Melvin, president of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists, right here on America's Workforce. We would like to invite you to the month-long Black History Month celebration. Our program is entitled Healthcare and Politics, Road Dog Duo, The goal of our program is to continue a conversation regarding the need to establish a more tangible healthcare system. The program will feature a new event for each given Thursday in the month of February. We are partnering with other organizations to include Portland Rising, the Pacific Northwest Labor History Association, AFRAM slash SEIU, the Oregon AFL-CIO, and Oregon AFSPE. We will be presenting three Zoom town halls entitled a program welcome address and an interview with a member of CBTU under 40 committee. The relevance of black voices in politics. This will be a moderated panel. And finally, healthcare, Oregon style, also a moderated panel. Two, a labor history workshop, which will be face to face. And we will also be featuring a movie night viewing two short films and a moderated health care discussion. This will also be face-to-face. Our first event features a rebroadcasting of a Zoom audio conversation between our CBTU Under 40 Committee members and CBTU President Emeritus, Mr. William Bill Lucy. We have also invited the young brother, Oluwadami Melvin, who planned the meeting with Brother Lucy. For more information on these events and Zoom link information, check out our Facebook page at ORCBTU. The Coalition of Black Trade Unionists meets the second Tuesday of every month at 6 o'clock p.m. We have suspended our face-to-face meetings and are utilizing Google Meets to conduct our monthly meetings. 
Our next meeting will be held on February 13th, 2024. We invite you to immerse yourselves into our salute to Black relevance and Black excellence. Keep a lookout on our Facebook page, ORCBTU, for announcements of new programs every Thursday during February. To contact us, our email address is ORCBTU10, and that's the number 10, at gmail.com.